Welcome to Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and today Pixar is back on the big screen with Cars 3. It's an animated film about an aging race car driver trying to make a comeback, featuring the voices of Owen Wilson, Christella Alonzo, Army Hammer, Chris Cooper, Margot Martindale, and Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> and I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. For this fun, fast, car-loving film, we pair with wines produced by Pixar Chief Creative Officer John Lasseter is one of our favorite wineries in Sonoma, Lasseter Family Wines. And in the past week, we've had the opportunity to visit the theater on three different occasions, seeing two new plays and one Tony Award winner. We'll toast the theater a little bit later in the show, but first, Gary, let's talk about the first big animated film of the summer. Yeah, it's, Car- it's Cars 3. So I don't think Pixar has ever made a bad film. Yeah. But I, I think you can make a case that Cars 2 <laughs> is probably low on the Pixar scale, mm-hmm. which is would be at the top of everybody else's scale. Right. Other but than, I mean, because that's Disney. if you think about what Pixar is. Yeah. That's Toy Story. And, yeah. it's, and it's Ratatouille. Oh, it's Ratatouille. And, it's up. Yes. I mean, yes. There's, Pixar it's just inside does out. so many. Oh, my gosh. Yes. There's so many great, great films. Did yeah. Wally? I mean, come Wally. on. Wally. Listen, Wally's right up there at the top. <sighs> Yes. And, and Ratatouille's right up there at the top of this because we're food people. Even though that's rats in the kitchen, it still makes <laughs> very, total very sense. talented rats. Though. So Cars Three comes along, and every time I think of a Cars movie, because there's been two. The first one was pretty good. The second one was dreadful. Uh, but Cars Three is much better than two, and I think just as good as the first mm-hmm. one. In fact, I really, really like this film. I I went in with such average. Uh, expectations, and I came out thinking in places this film was n- not r- good, but really good, like borderline brilliant in places. Wonderful. And it's got a music score by the great Randy Newman, yeah. and Randy Newman did all the Toy Story music. Right, long history with Pixar. Long history with Pixar, and it's the great Randy Newman, you know, the, we, we know him from short people, short people and writing all these funny songs. <laughs> but Randy's been, I mean, he goes all the way back to The Natural with Robert Redford. He's just has always done great music scores, and and an Oscar-winning writer, too. It's directed by Brian Fee, and Brian Fee was a storyboard artist. This is the first film he's made. So he worked on Cars as a storyboard artist. He worked on Wally and Ratatouille as an in-studio artist, but this is his first time directing. And, of course, the great John Lasseter produces all these. And Lasseter actually directed, I think, the first, maybe the first two Cars movies. And, of course, he did Toy Story, and he's won so many Oscars. But... So, Owen Wilson, when I think of a Cars movie, I think of great. Owen Wilson. It's so great to drive a car so that's fast. And he's Lightning McQueen. There's this kind of realism look in these cars. Like, when they drive down the road, the, the road looks real. The uh-huh. car looks animated, but the road always looks real. And they've done this. The way they do these films, are it's kind of baffling and amazing. Uh, and of course, he's been driving for a while, and he's he's got a sponsor, and he's got fans all over the world. And all of a sudden, he's coming in second and third and fourth now, and sometimes tenth, because there's a new guy on the block who uh, is, is voiced by Army Hammer. His name's Jackson Storm, and he's got a better engine, <laughs> and he's going over 200 miles an hour. Where, where lightning's going about 198. Oh. And so now they're going 214, 215. But so can a smart driver with less firepower actually outmaneuver and beat a faster, better Fast car? Guy. Yeah. Of course, the cars are all, they have voices uh-huh. and they do stuff. Uh-huh. And I, I, I've always, I, I think, I think this is a really good film. And, and it says something about, 
about camaraderie and about friendship that when you're a race car driver, and in early Cars movies, if you've seen these movies, and these are very popular, this film will go through the roof this week, and it'll probably do over $100 million because it's Pixar, and it's animated, and it's the summer. But also, uh, Paul Newman played the mentor in the first two Cars movies, and then and then his engine died. You know, mm-hmm. he, Paul Newman went off into the great, you know... Hopefully not the great junkyard. The great junkyard. I think in the he sky. went off to the great to, yeah. to the place well, that all life, the great yes. that all the great cars but in the go. cars history. Yes, <laughs> and so they pay homage to that. And now it's kind of time for Lightning McQueen to do that, possibly. Yeah. That's one of the plot stories in it. It becomes this thing where you you kind of give up your own ego so that somebody else might be able to succeed. Mm-hmm. And it's a really refreshing thing to see in this movie. And then it's all about cars. I'm not a car guy, so I'm not. Uh, we've been to we've been to the track in yeah, Austin. Yeah, the Lone Star Le Mans. We, mm-hmm. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we've we've seen Formula One cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are NASCAR cars, uh, and it, it's kind of cool. It's the way there's a, there's a handful of shots and segments in this movie. It's animated. Well, I think that really are kind of breathtaking. Yeah. Well, and there's so much if you just think about where animation is right now. The mm-hmm. the the tools that you have with all of this fantastic computer technology allows you to go so much for i mean think about think about what disney would think right now of 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 what they of, can do of what animation today is yeah and there's this big it's come a long way since steamboat willie <laughs> and and lassiter actually is one of the guys he was with disney and then left disney mm-hmm. and then went with industrial light and magic because he wanted computers to take over animation and back in the day you wanted to hand draw all right, that everything stuff everything was by hand and there's there's validity for both mm-hmm. there's still hand drawn animation being done um, not very much of it, mm-hmm. but it's remarkable. And the, but the computer generated stuff, as we've talked before, when you watch Moana, hair looks great mm-hmm. and water, water looks, looks great. So you don't have hair or water in this movie, mm-hmm. but the, but the landscape looks great. And I, I kept noticing in the corner, like they'd be, they'd be out on some landscape and I'd see a tree kind of flapping in the wind in the back. Nice. And I would get excited about yeah. that because that's the detail of animation. Nice. And it's not a real tree. They've created all this on a computer. And so I, I like that. Also, let's talk about Owen Wilson for a minute. He's done more than 55 films. Uh, we've, we've, we've been around him yeah. a little bit. He's so great when he's talk, trying yeah. to talk wine with you. <laughs> Haley, you know a lot about wine. We love Owen. I can barely open a bottle. <laughs> Is that like a screw top? Is we, it okay? love, we, love, we love Owen. We love Midnight in Paris. That's Midnight, probably my, my favorite of, of everything he's the done. The highest grossing um, Woody Allen yeah. movie in history so was Midnight good. in Paris. God, it's so good. Love Bottle Rocket. Go back to the Royal Tannenbaums. Um, all those films. And I... But with over fifty-five films, that's a that's a lot. That's a big career, and he's still pretty Sorting. young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I do. I I think of when I think of cars, I think of Owen Wilson, and then when I think of Owen Wilson, I think of Midnight in Paris. Yeah. Because that that movie just kind of jumps out at me. So, which makes me then want to have a glass of wine. What kind of wine would you pair with Cars Three? <laughs> I think I know because you said it well, earlier. Well, this one's kind of easy just because Lasseter Family Wines is one of our, our, our favorites. And John Lasseter is the founder of of uh, the winery with his wife, Nancy, um, with a good kind of Paris French reference because they fell in love with the great kind of Bordeaux-style blends and Rhone-style blends while traveling throughout France, often on a train. So a little transportation reference. Nice. Um, but founded, he and, and and his wife Nancy moved to Sonoma with their five boys. I think they're all boys. Um, 
really because they kind of wanted to to get out of the hubba. Both, I think she was working for Apple and he was with Pixar, but they kind of wanted to raise their kids in, in a kind of small town farming kind of community. And then, you know, they had a, a love and a passion for wine. And so they began the winery and, and, and always with this hope to, to create high quality blends. They do love the Rhone style grapes. So Syrah, Grenache, Mouved, as well as Cab. Um, they make a, a really, really interesting, um, Malbec-based blend, Ceramora, which is um, kind of their their love wine because they fell in love with Malbec when they were um, traveling in France. But their I, I, their winery is sustainable. They they have a, a very focused kind of dedication on maintaining um, the the giving back to the earth and and being good being good. Uh, stewards of the land, which is also something that I always look for, and and then they're just making really really great wine. They're um, many of their wines are great. Their Anjou is is their kind of uh, Provence style blend um, rosé that I just think it's over the moon about. I think it's one of the most lovely rosé wines from California. Um, but my actual kind of pairing, in addition to pairing Lasseter family wines, is their Chemin de Fer, which is railroad in French. Mm-hmm. There's actually a beautiful little train on the label. Again, like the transportation reference with cars. Well, you know what I love about you? Know, I've been to the winery with you a couple yeah. of times. And I'm going to say this and toot your horn a little bit. I think you were the first visitor to the winery. I think we were. I think we. I think you were the first wine writer or journalist to visit the property just after it opened. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, we're sitting at home and you get an email from John Lasseter yeah. saying, I'm sorry, I couldn't have been there to yeah. meet you. And, and I've... I, I, I've interviewed him over the years many times. I'm kind of in awe of John Lester, yeah. but he's emailing my wife about wine, and it's the best. <laughs> well, and I think that that's what's so much fun. Yes. On, on many of our early trips to kind of California wine country and, and Willamette and the different regions within the U.S., I always tried to find either a Texas reference or some sort of film reference. And thankfully, there are a lot of both. Yeah, there are. And so that's what, just being a personal fan of all of these great Pixar films, to to go to the winery and, and have that experience. And they are, they're like some of the most gracious people making really, really beautiful it's wines. It's beautiful, and, and it's not a pretentious winery. At all. At all. It's it's very, very laid back. It's very Sonoma style, which and, is, again, something that I really love. Yeah, it's a little more laid back, but it's beautiful. I mean, the architecture is beautiful. But also, when you walk into the wineries, say you're a Pixar freak and you find out John Lasser makes wine and you go there, you're not going to see all these references to Pixar. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, you'll see a few little tiny things, and that's about it, because it's about the wine. And right. it's a, it's really a French style. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's old and world. And the labels all bear that out. Right. The, it's very old world style. Um, all of their labels are actually kind of look, I guess, like maybe an animation still. Mm-hmm. They're all the 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 artistry on each of the labels definitely um, has a, a reference to something like I was saying, the Chemin de Fer is a train. Right. Um, and and the actual wine inside the bottle is is a, is a Rhone-style blend, so Grenache dominant with some Syrah Mouved. Um, the, the Amaro has a, has a rose on it with a bee, which also is kind of an, a little bit of a reference to Pixar, just with some of the kind of little animation and animated um, creatures and that sort of thing. The first time so. we got some bottles and we brought them home, um, I didn't want to open them because I, 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 I felt like I was collecting Pixar stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not. It's wine to be, it's wine to be consumed. It's wine to- but it was really hard for me to open the first. 
Well, we, we, because yeah. I remember we, I think that that might have been one of the first Zinfandels that you really, really got, yes. got jazzed about there. They have a, a really lovely old, um, old vine Zen. And, and we've fallen in love with many more Zinfandel since mm-hmm. then, but I think, you know, for that time, that was probably, gosh, I can't it was remember new exactly for me. when we were there, but that was kind of one of the first ones that I remember you kind of stepping back and saying, wow, that's Zinfandel. I'm really yeah. excited about that. So, yeah. And it's John Lasseter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're big fans. John's always, John's a guy that when I was on the red carpet at the Academy Awards, he would walk right up and have a conversation. And, and, and he was always, and Randy Newman always would, would stop by. But John, John to me, is the most normal Hollywood guy mm-hmm. that I can even think of. There's, you know, Tom Hanks is kind of that way too. And of course, they're buddies because of Toy Story. But Lasseter is, that Lasseter makes wine and loves wine and fell in love with wine while he was in France with his wife uh, does not surprise me. Well, and they really, like, they, when they both were, were again, how, how passion seeps into real life, they, they both. Uh, individually before they got married, he and his wife, Nancy, belonged to like little wine clubs and, and a little like home winemaking kind of groups. And, and so they were, they were interested in it. And then, you know, when you, when you have an interest and then you can, you can experience the lifestyle, which moving to Sonoma, really that was, they wanted just more of a laid back lifestyle, um, small kind of town lifestyle for their family. And then inevitably, it just it Isn't just great? it just kind of seeps into your 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 blood, and you got to do it. So now I'm assuming, and it's probably true. And at some point, we'll get to ask either one of them or both of them that Owen Wilson has some bottles of Lasseter wine. I'm sure he does. I hope so. I hope he does. <laughs> I hope he knows what he has. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing. Hey, when we come back on Cogill Wine and Film, a perfect pairing, we've been spending time lately going to the theater. The theater. We love the theater. It's something we both love. It's very endearing to both of us. So a conversation when we come back about three recent productions we've seen and our love of live performances. And we will be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. We start with a bold statement. We love live theater. Yeah, in all forms, local, (laughs) national, Broadway, off-Broadway. Lately, we've seen three productions, including two world premieres and a national Broadway tour that was a Tony Award winner when it was on Broadway. We also love watching the Tony Awards. Yeah, uh, which Tonys. were on last week, and it's a celebration of the American Theater Wing toasting its 100-year anniversary this year. We get giddy about watching the Tony Awards. We plan a whole evening we around do. it. We do, and and I just I'm 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 so I'm such a history buff as well as being a theater buff that I just kind of wanted to to do an overview really quickly of the yeah. American Theater Wing because I didn't realize one what how how much they've done. Um, at how they got started, and then the fact that they are celebrating their 100th anniversary this year. Um, so started in 1917, really as uh, with seven women, which just the fact that seven women started Seven this, women started the American Theater Wing. Um, and it was right on the, the brink of the First World War, and they came together as the stage women's war relief to, to raise funds to aid in war relief. They raised, I want to say, seven million dollars throughout the, throughout World War One. Wow. Um, and then they also found donations for clothing and, and really kind of helped the troops and, and, and 
they were a great activist for for helping our military during World War One. Okay, fast forward then to 1940, and another war is brewing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one of the original seven, um, a woman named Mrs. Carruthers, with a woman named where is her name? Antoinette Perry yeah. um, joined together to kind of relaunch the the women's war relief. And they, amongst some of the things they did during World War II was they sponsored 54 different programs. They created a the stage door canteens in the U.S. and London and Paris that was like there to entertain soldiers as well as just serve them a meal. Mm-hmm. They um, had the victory players that produced um, the, that produced different shows and kind of just just inspired the 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 people on the home front they um, had lunchtime follies which was a series of reviews that entertained workers in the defense plant like so you 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 go to lunch at the plant and they would come in and, and they'd perform come in for and you. do a show exactly kind wow. of like a, a an early um, yeah. USO kind of thing and wow. then war ends after all of this great work and the wing is established. The American Theater Wing changes its name. It's established as as the American Theater Wing, um, and kind of changes its focus to really work to further the wealth welfare of the theater itself and resources for the theater. Just you know, as a service yeah. to the community, which I think watching the Tonys just made me realize that even in this crazy world that we live in. Art, art will art will still be maintained, and I actually really love because I never realized why the Tonys are called the Tonys, and it was actually named after Antoinette Perry. Antoinette Perry. So, yeah. um, on the eve of her fifty eighth birthday, sadly, she passed away from a heart attack. So they um, wanted to honor her with during their theater award show, yeah. and. It was supposed to be the Antoinette Perry Award, and the the presenter actually just kind of shortened it and said, "This is the Tony, and you know the winner of this year's Tony." And and since then, and it's it stuck. stuck around. I which think that's awesome. I just kind of love and 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 to to see the work that is done both with with what we think of as kind of traditional, or I guess the biggest theater that we hear about, which is obviously going to Broadway and, right. and seeing a show on Broadway and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but all of the educational programs that they do and the thousands and thousands of dollars that they give to grants and awards to to students and to individual, you know, t- small market theaters. It's just so, it's, it's really something that I love to celebrate. And I know, you know, we both have oh, such a passion for... for great for, passion for theater. Well, and just to be able to... to to see the artistry, and I think that's what has been so fun the last few days with going to these three shows. Well, and also we've been to the Dallas Theater Center a lot, and they were the winner this year of the Tony Award for Regional Theater. Yeah, and they are great. Yeah, the the Dallas Theater Center does some of the best stuff I've I've ever seen, and they're experimental a lot of the times, and they're original, and we love them. So way to, way to go, getting a Tony Award for the Dallas <laughs> Theater Center. Absolutely. This year. Can we talk about something rotten? Yes. Want to talk about that? Yeah. So we, it, it's on national tour. It's already closed on Broadway. It won a whole bunch of Tony Awards. It was a big hit. It wasn't really on our radar, but it, it, it the it, the guy, the guy that was in it that won all the Tony Awards mm-hmm. on Broadway. He's bald now. And yes. They, he was sitting in the audience. He was on one of our favorite TV shows. He was shows. on um, um, Smash. He was on Smash. Which, you know, the more and more. He was a with, composer. A, with another, exactly, with another gentleman from this. You know, everybody in that show, which I didn't really realize just because we 
sadly don't live in New York and can't see Broadway shows as often. But that was filled with some pretty high-powered stars. Pretty high-powered talent. If you think about the theater um, world. But also... The and I think that and I'm sorry we I can't remember his name but he also yeah. was in um I think he's in Willy Wonka or Willy Wonka yeah, right now yeah he's playing Willy Wonka on Broadway and yeah. then he was in another show that was nominated this year f- um for best musical that I think is now sadly closed yeah, on closed. Broadway but right. um he he works a lot he's works a busy a lot. man <laughs> he's, yeah and he and he's and he's, and he's great. great so something rotten comes around and the curtain opens up and it reminds me of uh reminds me of a bunch of things reminds me of the producers a little bit mm-hmm. reminds me of the book of mormon uh it's from the director of aladdin and by the way the co-director of the book of mormon uh but it reminded me of these um, um a funny thing happened on the way to the mm-hmm. forum where everything's kind of slapstick and has a joke but it does have a purpose but it had so much energy mm-hmm. and uh, we started reading the playbill, and just about everybody there played on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Because the show's closed now, and they they like going on tour. It's one of the best tours I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. We saw it at the Winsboro Opera House in Dallas. But I, I think Act One is one of the best things we've seen. I in loved a long, long how time. in in the middle of Act One there there's a a, a musical number that brought everybody in the audience to their feet. I, I just loved the energy. We we saw it with a very good audience. We saw it with a very accepting audience. Yes. Everybody who was there was ready to have fun. And, and to see people in the middle of an act jump out of their seats applauding was yes. just really fun? it was really fun and really cool and yeah. it was real funny it's all about right it's during Shakespeare takes place during yes. Shakespeare's time and Shakespeare plays Elizabeth, a big part yeah, in it yeah. he's a rock star and uh, <laughs> of course but, he is but somebody's trying to write the first musical mm-hmm. and they don't know what a musical is and they're trying to figure out what a musical is right. because they've been told that musicals will be a big be the deal in the thing. future yes. and and so they try to write a musical it's a musical there's a reference to a about I will I will say most of the great musicals yeah. in in the history of theater are oh, yeah. referenced in the in the in the song also and it's always about two or three second references yeah. so yeah. like chorus line and so everything they probably Gypsy. didn't have to pay yeah. for rights if they only used a beat probably but the not. only beat that you needed though was it's a hard knocks yes. <laughs> and, uh, it's just really and, funny and and you know the the sound in a chorus line it's a you hard just knock need. and then the, yeah blum. <laughs> <laughs> Blum from so Chorus good. Line. Did I say that? It's called Blum. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, uh, so we saw another one called Pure Country. And so Pure Country is uh, was a, is a local production, So, uh, but it's also a world premiere because the movie the, the movie came out in 1992 with George Strait. Mm-hmm. And nobody's ever admitted, or n- nobody's ever said this is a great movie. But it had, George Strait sang some songs in it, and it's the only time he's ever really acted and been in a movie. Uh, he was kind of corny, and the movie's kind of corny, but yeah, it plays all the time on country western yeah, television yeah, channels. Of course it does. And it's, and, but it's written by a friend of ours named Rex McGee. And so Rex has, uh, retained the rights after two years of Warner Brothers saying they didn't know what they wanted to do with it. With the play. The movie, yeah. the movie made some money and did well. Uh, but as a stage music, Rex has always wanted to turn it into a stage musical and it's taken a number of years and here it is. And we were there on opening night, the first night, and pretty much a full house with an orchestra. At Lyric Stage. At Lyric Stage in Irving, Irving, Texas, which does a lot of musicals and does a lot of premieres. But it's also a regional theater. Mm-hmm. It's actually a local theater. So everybody's kind of a local talent, but they'll bring one or two people in from New York. Mm-hmm. So, and they, it would started with eight songs, I think now has 18 songs. 
And Interesting. I, I actually liked it, uh, I, but there's a lot to work out technically. Yeah. All the transitions between scenes were a little clunky, mm-hmm. but but that was opening night of a world premiere. So I would imagine if after you do it a month, mm-hmm. but I think it has potential. I think it really has potential. So we're keeping our fingers crossed that Warner Brothers, who's I think flying in to see the show this weekend, mm-hmm. um, attaches to it and, and maybe tries to take mm-hmm. it up a notch. Mm-hmm. It needs a lot of dancing. The, it, and on a local level, you can't do that right, as much. Right. No, I think that there there is. There's there's a lot to it. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of seeing how how it will progress as yeah. it as it kind of plays. And I know it's it's it has a couple. I think it it plays through this weekend. So yeah, it plays through the weekend. There's a girl in it I really like that I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Her name is Marissa Lesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harley J plays the George Strait character, and he's out of New York, and he has a band and all that stuff. He's pretty good. Marissa kind of knocked me out every mm-hmm. time she opened her mouth, and I believed everything she said. Mm-hmm. She just had this kind of refreshing. Well, and I think that she her. is. She's kind of a new talent. I think she she moved to to Dallas from L.A. and so mm-hmm. she's. Um, this was, I think, maybe the first thing that she's done. Maybe. She's and the here. great Julie Johnston, who was a, originally a waitress in the movie Peer Country. Nice. Comes back full circle. And she's got a big voice like a cannon. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's uh, along with Brent Loper and Harley J and Julie, they sing the Peer Country song. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a pretty good moment when they do it. Mm-hmm. So we saw a world premiere of something else. A one-woman show called All About Bet. And it was about... Betty Davis. Betty Davis, not Bette Midler. No. No. All yeah. about Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew a lot about Betty Davis mm-hmm. because I've I've always known that was one big giant tumultuous life. <sighs> and it's uh I think the woman's name that plays her in Dallas uh, in a little tiny theater, Morgana Shaw has uh, actually played years ago in theater 3. So it's not the first time that's been done. But uh, Michael Jenkins uh, grabbed it and got the rights so to it and revived it mm-hmm. and hoped to go on tour with it. I know they're going to do some Texas stop, but she's really good. And, I, she, I, and she's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a one-woman play. That's it. And and she's standing on a, a pretty barren stage for, for whatever, two hours. And about, about five minutes into the second act— I kind of, I was, I completely bought into her. Did you? Yeah, I did. I did when she did the costume change. Well, and that's, I think the first, I had to get, a, when, I, when I looked at her as she, in the older um, character, because right. then she kind of transforms to this this young ingenue, Betty Davis, um, she looked so much like my cousin Chablis. I just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, she did. Morgana Shaw did, or yeah. Betty Davis? The, 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 the character did. Yeah, the character so did. To, well, I'm like, oh, Chablis would totally have that vintage coat on and that little hat. Yes, she She would. had a really good hat. Yes, she would. And it's really interesting when she makes that change, because mm-hmm. it begins with her in, in the, the latter years of her life, and mm-hmm. big glasses, and kind of, kind of stooped over a little bit. And Not that Chablis is stooped over. <laughs> no, but it's later in life for Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. I mean, Betty Davis... Uh, she was a co-founder of the Hollywood Canteen. Mm-hmm. She was the first female president of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. She won the Academy Award for Best Actress twice. Uh, she was the first person to accrue ten Academy Award nominations for acting. Wow. We all we 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 think back on people. And we, I never thought about that with her. I, I just know always knew she was great, and she wasn't the pretty ingenue. Right. She was different. She was a little bit. She was a little quirky. She was quirky. And she was the first woman to receive a Lifetime Achievement Award from AFI. Um, she was married four times. She was once widowed, three times divorced. She raised her children as a single parent. 
uh, her final years, that long period of very ill health, uh, continued acting shortly, just right before her death, and she died from breast cancer. Mm. More than 100 films, television, theater roles. I mean, Betty Davis. And when that song, Betty Davis Eyes, mm-hmm. is for a reason, because her eyeballs were different than everyone yeah. else. And especially in acting, they look at the eyeballs a lot. But I, that's a rough life. She's, she was hard to probably be around and brilliant at what she did, mm-hmm. but lived a very full life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a very tough person. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, a very sad person. Um, makes me want to go back and watch... You know, some of her some, some of, of her early, early films. films. Absolutely. Because she was really kind of beautiful and quirky mm-hmm. in the in those early films. I'm excited. I, I I was very, very pleased to see it and really excited for, yeah. for what Michael's going to to do with this. Because. Yeah, we're big fans of Michael Jenkins. Michael is lives in Dallas, but he's won seven Tony Awards for for producing shows. Yeah. And um and it, he's he's the real deal and and we love Michael and it's nice to see this. I, I think um, this show is going to move over to um, Stage West in Fort Worth in mm-hmm. July mm-hmm. and then have a little short run at Stone Cottage in Addison as well. And who knows where a peer country is going to yeah. go. So Yeah. I know that, that as Gary said, they'll they'll both be playing um, at least for a little bit longer. And then, obviously, I know that, that Something Rotten's playing at the Winsbury, I want to say, at least through next week. Yeah, for Something one like more week, yes. Um, let's talk about the Tonys real quick. Yeah, let's do. Because we did. We, we had so much fun. I thought Kevin Spacey did a really good job. But I, I love Kevin, Kevin Spacey, so that's probably why. Well, I love James Corden, who's done it before. Uh-huh. Um, I love the opening. The opening number, though, was very, very funny, just the whole Groundhog Day reference. And 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 he kind of made a little, you know, he's like, I know I'm not James Corden, and and that's okay. I'm I'm, I'm still In fact, okay. he said I'm not I'm not all these people that have hosted the show. I'm and, the 30th and, choice. But he can sing. He's great. Yeah. He can sing. I'm not used to hearing him sing, and he's mm-hmm. great. I know he's a wonderful theater actor, and he, he's directed a lot of theater stuff. But, uh, of course, House of Cards, we mm-hmm. watch him on, but and, and he won the Oscar for American Beauty. This guy's Usual suspects. They even did a joke on the usual yes. suspects. Yes. On that. But uh, Dear Evan Hansen just kind of knocked me out mm-hmm. and it won the big award mm-hmm. of the night. And, mm-hmm. but that actor that plays the lead mm-hmm. in Dear Evan Hansen, that's, that's a showstopper yeah. performance on a live television ben show. Platt? Ben that, Platt. Yeah. 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 It was great. Yeah, really great. And then we'll, we're up in New York pretty soon. We're going to see Come From Away, which I cannot wait about Newfoundland and all when all the planes after 9 11 were diverted there and thousands of people got stuck there in the town, all showed them hospitality yeah. and brought how, them in. How do, how do less than a thousand people take care of? I think they had over seven or eight thousand people. Seven or eight thousand people. How do you um, do because that? Because of, of diversion. And then they, they kind of had to stay for a while. Like they didn't just get on the plane the next day. <laughs> so what do you do? And yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you react? Do you, do you step up? Or do you, um, or do you not? And they, this little town really stepped up. It I think was, we'll be really moved by this. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to see it too. There's uh, some really great plays also. Oslo that, looked really interesting yes, to me. Little foxes. Yes, little foxes, and also uh, a doll's house too. Mm-hmm. Um, the sequel to a doll's sequels, house and a very Russian story, mm-hmm. and you know, and I think that's doll's house would be Ibsen. But but yeah, and I I I always I think if you just see the musicals and ignore the really great plays that go on, you you miss what live theater is about a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. It's really they're also very expensive. It's yes. very expensive now to go to the theater. It's almost pricing itself out of right. people. Right. And um, but to see a really great play, I, I've been moved by musicals a lot, and I get thrilled by musicals. But the most moved I've ever been mm-hmm. by theater is usually a great play and a great performance in a play. Right. 
Um, I've gone home and just wept like a baby after seeing a play that I just I didn't even have words for what I was seeing. So mm-hmm. it's 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 a cool thing. It's good to see so yeah. many so many interesting productions, play productions. I, I think that that we've had years that it's all been all about the musicals, and and so it's great to to see some of these and and to see so many. You know, I think the best. Actress category had Sally Field, Kate Blanchett, Laura Linney, um, the gosh, the woman who actually won, which was that's in a doll's house too. Yes, um, like these are these are this is <laughs> this is some star power, star power. Um, and and the fact, like I think so many actors have always said, is that you know they'll go and do the film. That they need to to pay their bills because they really want to be on stage. Because they really, and I think really great actors who want to stretch themselves uh, at one point have to face that and not be afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be a movie star your whole life and never do that and be fine. And you know, but wouldn't it be wouldn't it be fun to see Tom Cruise on stage? Yeah, actually, I mean, do something different. And yeah. maybe, uh, that's probably not the right one. I Al Pacino does it all the time. Yeah. But uh, well, and that's just it. I think that there's something to you know. I. I I was a thespian for a very, um, I said thespian, for a very, very few minutes. Um, certainly not, uh, the caliber of, of my, uh, podcast partner, because I know, Gary, you were, you were a theater major. Uh, I, I, I was a, th- yeah, I did every Neil Simon play and mostly both characters. Yeah. <laughs> but there was something, you know, there's something, there's something both in the energy you get from being on stage. But that's also just the pressure. I mean, it's it's having to go out and do live theater every day. Whereas if you're if you're if you're doing a movie and you love your lines, then you can you can do it over do it over again, and you can't yeah. do that on stage. No, you can't do that on stage, and it's 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 kind of terrifying for most people. Yeah. But once you figure it out, it's kind of a comfort zone. Yeah. And it needs to be a comfort zone, you know, if you really want to do that. So, right. yeah, here's to the theater. Here's to the theater. Here's to seeing good Raise stuff. Raise a glass. Next week on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, a new big-budget Michael Bay Transformers movie. Woo-hoo-hoo. This one's starring Mark Wahlberg. And by the way, I can hardly wait <laughs> to see a new Transformers movie. <laughs> For more on the wines or films we've talked about today, please follow our blog on cogillconsulting.com or through Facebook. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill and see what we're drinking now by following me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film knowing it's not going to be Transformers. <laughs> Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing.